Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. Episode 109. John, how are you feeling about that? I'm excited about 109. I can't believe we're in our second uh, our second segment of 100 pods. It's just been amazing. And we have a, a, a special guest back with us today, Jenny Catron. Uh, Jenny is the CEO and founder of the Foresight Group um, and has become one of our friends. Uh, we're, we're happy to, proud to say that she's become one of our friends over the last couple of years. And uh, we're so delighted, Jenny, to have you back today. Thanks for having me back. And I love that ministry friendships are the best friendships. So this has been fun to, at some point we'll meet in person. Yeah, but that'd be great. We'd love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but thank know, you for having me back. Nobody knows what it's like to be in ministry, except people that are in ministry, right? It's like you get mothers of preschoolers together. They talk about the stories that only mothers of preschoolers talk about. You get pastors and leaders together and it, somebody needs to make a, a book that is only available to, to pastors and leaders written by pastors and leaders, like the funniest thing that ever happened to oh, me that'd be good. By, by Jenny Ketron, right? And uh, leadership stories. And everybody's anonymous. So no one's deacon board finds out it was them we were really talking about or. That's that, a good idea. Yes. Yeah, it'd be fun. Hey, we started unpacking uh, the thoughts on the last podcast 108. We talked about values and something, when you said that I went, I, I started nodding and, you know, if, if you're, if you're watching you, you saw me kind of go go uh, ballistic in a, in a good way. If you're listening, then that didn't happen. But I I think I think when we talk about culture, if you're not careful, culture becomes um, you know what we use to create a desired end. But I, but I think creating the healthy culture, the right culture, there has to be uh, values. We we won't do anything to to reach our goal. There's some things we will not do, and this is why. Could you? Just unpack a little bit about the the thoughts of like what, uh, what's the difference between a, a culture and a value that that makes the culture. What do you mean when you say value? When you say values? Yeah, that's great. Um, and and yeah, the the challenge with the the term culture is that it can mean like everything and nothing, you know. Um, yeah. And so it be, it's kind of becomes this nebulous thing that none of us are exactly sure. Well, how do I even what do I even do with that? And and, and feels more like an outcome. And so what I often encourage um, leaders when they're saying, you know what, I recognize I've got to help uh, uh, define and shape the culture because we, we have a culture, whether we've defined it or not, right. it, it exists. Is it just, is it the culture you want? And so the best tool I think to help kind of create that foundation of culture is to define the values that guide how we work together as a team. So I said mm. in the last episode, culture is who we are and how we work together to achieve our mission. It's, it's just, it is, it's an overflow of who we are. It's what people experience. You know, that's what culture is, but the values really clarify the how, okay, how do we work together? How does this team work together distinctly to achieve our mission? Yeah. And so values are those guiding principles. They're the things that bring clarity, kind of create the guardrails for yeah. the, these are the distinctives for us as a team. And, and so when I'm working with teams on values, you know, it, it, the, the biggest like pushback and like hesitation I give is, Hey, don't go just find the most flashy five words that you think are the coolest things to do. Or you saw this church or this organization, Oh, well, these are their values and I like their culture. So I want to go like, 
No, we need to define values that really reflect who we want to be that are true to who we are, but then help us define how we work together mm -hmm. to achieve our mission. So um, the values are the guiding principles that help us know how to operate is like the most simple way I would say that. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the ways that I describe core values when we're, we're explaining this uh, to a, a a church is I, I I call them the behavioral rumble strips of an organization. Oh, I like that. I you might know, steal that, John. You can steal it. That's fine. <laughs> I'll give you credit. I love Jenny's new book, Behavioral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like when you're driving on the freeway and you veer off, and uh, that may or may not have happened to me a few times. Um, and you hit that rumble strip. There is just right? this instinctive course correction, right? That that happens. And uh, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to wonder, what should I do? You instinctively get back into the middle of the lane. And um, so I, I- That's really good. I, I think, uh, here's the thing that, uh, the question I'd really like you to dig into with us on this, because what I have noticed is that some organizations uh, do what you said. They, they uh, adopt other organizations' values. And I, I don't feel real good about that. Um, or they they create they they define values that are way out there like they're aspirational in a sense you know they're not right. really how they function in right. the in the day to day now i mean are our core values more identified than they are created or um, can you help us unpack that yeah it's a great question and some of it is a little bit um, con contingent on context so okay. i'll give it an example um, there are, so I'm working with an, a church, a very large church um, that went through a senior pastor transition over the last couple of years. Um, church that has uh, several decades of history and there is, there is a culture there, you mm -hmm. know, like there is a, how we work together to achieve mission, you know, essence there. A new senior leader has come in. That senior leader has you know, some things that he values, things that are important to him. Hmm. And in that context, we're looking for both, right? Like what, what is true and core to this organization? Uh, what is the, what do we look like at our best? So hmm. that's one of the questions I'll often ask when I'm doing this work with, with teams is, Hey, what do we look like at our best? What's the best of us, you know? And we'll kind of extract that to try to get some of the, the best of who we are. Like, and then in this context where I have kind of almost emerging of cultures, because I have mm -hmm. an organization that has 30 plus years of, of history, and then I have a new leader who's at the helm and there are things he values and are important to him. And so what we're doing is we're defining their values for this new season ahead of them is, is taking both. What mm -hmm. is, what are some of the values that have maybe um, not unintentionally, they've unintentionally guided us. Maybe they weren't purposeful, but like they have become part of who we are. And then what's really important to this leader. I'll give you an example. So in this particular context, um, there is a culture of, um, high excellence in, in what they do and how they do it. Um, now that had some good and bad in it historically mm. in their culture. Right. But what they, what the team decided is that, you know what, that still is a really big, that is still a guiding principle. That's still something we hold and that we want to give our best to God. Now, 
they've decided that they're putting some language around it to frame it. So it didn't, because what it felt like was perfectionism and an impossible expectation in their culture historically. So they've taken it and said, you know what? We don't need to throw it completely out because there's, there's some beauty in its original intent that we want to keep. Um, so that, that element of excellence, bringing God our best. So we've kept that one. And then the new senior leader has a real value of um, joyfulness and wanting joy to guide how they operate. Well, that mm-hmm. wasn't part of the culture historically, but it's now a part of their values. Both those things, along with a handful of others, are part of their value set moving forward. So in their case, it was a little bit of both and. What, is, what has been historically here? And what's the good and bad of that that might need some clarification? So we're focusing on what do we look like when we're at our best? And then we have a... The, the, the reason I say, you know, we have a new senior leader in this, this organization and making sure that senior leader has disproportionate influence on the culture. So we can't ignore right, that yeah. They, yeah. they need to be able to help shape and move it forward too. So what was most critical and most important to him? And that was one of the values that emerged that will be more aspirational for them. Yeah. So it became a blending of the two. Um, a lot of times for a younger organization, maybe a new church plant, um, you're going to, you're going to kind of define who do we want to be. And that's often a reflection of that senior leader, but Mm -hmm. depending on the context, it's, it's usually a bit of both. And does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it should be right. You should taste all the ingredients in a casserole. It's not a one man show. It's not a, but, but if it's a chicken casserole, you should be able to taste the chicken. Yeah. So I I, I agree. I think there's, there's key ingredients that define the dish. I, I had a situation, maybe you can speak to this um, when, John referred to the rumble strips, uh, mm-hmm. you know, means I'm out of my lane. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm breaching some barrier. Uh, and, and this, this vibration, this noise is telling me something's wrong. And I, I had a, a conflict some time ago with a, a volunteer leader who resolved his conflicts by, by yelling and storming off. And so he, he came to my home frustrated about something at night one night and yelled at me and was storming off. And I, I, I'll never forget it. I stopped him and I said, Hey, we don't behave this way. And I thought that was an interesting way to confront a very angry man was I, my, my objection was not that that isn't true. You're misreading this. I'm an innocent person. Settle down. It, it, what actually stopped the, the storm was the simple statement. We as in leaders yes. those yeah. who serve here, we do not behave this way. This, this is not us. Yeah. This behavior is unacceptable because this isn't us. Yeah. So I, we talk about the, the good parts of values. Mm-hmm. Speak a little bit about the, when, when somebody's out of line, if you will, that, I mean, I could say, Hey, the Bible says in your anger, do not sin, you know, thou shall not punch thy pastor in, in the <laughs> you know, but it was funny. It was more, I think a more powerful statement in that moment was you're, you're part of this and, yes. and you're excluding yourself by, by this behavior, unless you correct it right now. Tell, tell us more That's about powerful. using, using that value to bring people back into fruitfulness. Yeah, that's really good, Jim. And uh, so one of the things that we do when I'm doing values work is it's one thing to state the value, Um, but oftentimes it doesn't have enough clarity to to provide the the real guidance that we need. So when when we're working with teams on values, it's like we have to find the value. Um, But then we say, what's the belief behind that? Why does this matter to us? Why is this critical to who we are? And then we say, what are the behaviors that reflect that? So, um, so, you know, in that example that you shared, that individual had violated a value 
and it probably was, it was incongruent with our behavior. So, like, Hey, so let's say the value is we, um, we, uh, respectfully engage conflict or something, you know, let's say, um, and the behaviors are, we, uh, we keep short accounts. We mm-hmm. go to one another. We, um, uh, you know, uh, we will, we ask questions rather than making assumptions or like, you know, so you can make a yeah. list of behaviors and typically I recommend just a handful. Cause you're not going to be able to capture every scenario, but yeah. what you want to do is you want to give a little more framing to that value of yes, we, you know, we respectfully handle um, conflict, but then here's what that looks like. And so then you are able to call them back to, Hey, you know, here's what we've agreed upon. We've said, this is how we behave to achieve that. And I love, you're exactly right. The we language communicates team communicates, Hey, this is who we are, you know, which is all the essence of culture. This right. is who we are. And this is not how we behave. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do use the word behavior. Um, and I know that can feel a little like, is that, you know, uh, pejorative, but it's like, no, this is, this is, this is how we act. This is how we treat each other. And when those things are clear, it helps shape value. So then, then it gives you, um, uh, then when somebody's operating outside of that agreed upon what I call the values grid of the values, beliefs, behaviors, and then sticky statements, like the, the language we use to talk about our values. Um, when somebody operates outside of that, this goes back to our clarity question of why we clarify values is because then it gives us a shared understanding of what's expected if we have that values grid. So then when somebody violates it, it's a quick like, hey, that, that's not us. Right. And it creates that accountability organizationally that keeps, keeps our culture on track. I love that example. And, and one last, just it's a brief question, but because it's not just senior pastors that are that are listening or watching, there's also youth pastors. Could you define the word pejorative? <laughs> so, I love it. Just right. meaning, uh, yeah, right. What's the actual def- dictionary definition on that one? Just um, uh, what do I want to say? Um, uh, just meaning that it like um, how. See, Jenny, that's oh, what we do here. We put me. people, we oh, put our guests on the stop. <laughs> we're going to find the actual dictionary definition. Basically like, um, like we're bringing the hammer down on you. Like we're, mm. you know, like we're, we're, um, yeah. Expressing contempt or disapproval. There we go. Okay. That was a nice, that was a nice definition of that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't spell it right by the way, when I tried. So. <laughs> So we got our lesson for today. I gave you yeah, our, right. our grammar lesson for the day. That's yes, so we, we get a lot accomplished on this podcast. You know, grammar, uh, we talk about a lot of things. Um, oh, so Jenny, great. so what would you say to a leader who says, um, and Jim, I'm going to steal your question. Uh, this is one you were going to ask, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it because I think it fits in right here. Um, you know, that how do I begin to, to this is a two-parter, how do I begin to develop or define or identify those behavioral values. Um, and you already mentioned one way is, you know, who are we when we're at our best? I think that's right. a great question. So are there other mechanisms or other ways yeah. that we can kind of get our arms around that? And then here's the second part of the question is how do we use values, leverage value? I don't know what the right word is, right verb to shape the culture that we need right. 
Can you, can you speak to that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, say the first part of the question again. So if I don't have, if I have not identified values, right. And I know that I need to, where where do I start? And then secondly, how do I use those? How do, how do those, how do I, as a leader, how do I use the values as part of shaping the culture I need? Yeah. So um, I usually I will do like a couple of different exercises. So the first one of like, what do we look like at our best? What's, what's the best of us? And like, try to get those descriptive words out of, Hey, this is what we, this is what we do when we're at our best. That's what this looks like. And then, and then I do a, Hey, what do we wish we look like at our best? You know? Mm-hmm. So then a, kind of the aspiration and, and then another exercise that I encourage is gather a couple of people who are new, newer to your team. So maybe it's the newest staff person. Maybe it's a a few key volunteers, but that are new to the team and ask them, Hey, what do you think is important to us based upon what you've experienced? Mm -hmm. That question is a little painful, but Hey, what do you, what do you perceive is important to us based upon what you've experienced so far and being a part of the team? That will tell you volumes if they feel comfortable enough being honest. And that will tell you something. If they, if they just tell you all the flowery stuff, then you probably want to dig a little bit because they probably don't feel comfortable enough, which tells mm. you, you might have a cultural issue of, uh, of people not feeling like they can give honest feedback. So you're going to mm. kind of, you know, look for the question behind the question, you know, like what's the, what's the thing behind the thing. And um, so those are a few different ways that I'll just get at, Hey, what are, Uh, what are the values that we want to be true of us? And part of that is defining what is actually true of us. And, and Mm. sometimes we might discover, you know what, we have unintentionally valued. um, uh, What do I want to give you a good example? We've unintentionally valued uh, scarcity because we Mm. are being so, uh, micromanaging of resources or, and, and you, that might be necessary for the season. So I'm not saying that it's always all bad, but we might, we might discover that as a, so for me, as a leader, I can be pretty frugal. Well, I can unintentionally overemphasize that to the detriment of us being Mm. generous. Right. Right. So that's what you're looking for. Right. Because I want us to be generous, but my nature can be so frugal in how I communicate checking in on expenses and things could be communicating frugalness is more important than generosity. And Mm. so just knowing, Hey, what's, what do we actually value by how we behave? Then what do we aspire to? And then we're looking to close that gap, right? Mm. And there's always a gap because we're humans and we're not perfect. So we're going to, our value set is always somewhat aspirational, but it shouldn't be so aspirational that it's laughable, right? (laughs) So it shouldn't be something that's completely not who we are. So that getting that clarity of like, okay, what is actually true about our culture today and what we value intentionally or otherwise? And then what do we aspire to? What do we really want to be? And then our goal is to close the gap. One of the ways we close the gap in that is we look for incorporating those values throughout um, what I call the employee journey, right? And that, so, or team journey. So whether it's employees or volunteers, um, but throughout every point of contact with, within the organization, how do those values show up? So everything from how we uh, interview and onboard mm. new team members, 
to our meeting rhythms? Like, are we reinforcing our values, not just in what we say, but in how we conduct the meeting? Mm -hmm. If we say we value, um, uh, let's say for foresight, one of our values is um, uh, leading from our heart. So relational leadership. And, but if I start every meeting immediately just working on the tasks and I'm not giving space for the relationships and the connection, I, I'm not being, I'm, I'm not living out my values, even in how I'm operating as an organization. So, um, so in, in our meetings, are we reinforcing the values, not only in talking about it and teaching them, but just even in how I'm conducting those meetings and are the values kind of reflected there. Right. And then, um, performance reviews that I think values should be woven through performance conversations, um, uh, annual staff meetings and retreats. So you look at everything you do as a team and are we weaving the values through mm. all of those pieces? And then they begin to become, because what, what we talk about and what we model is what's going to be repeated. Right. And so we have to, we have to infuse it into all of organizational life yep. for it truly to become who we are. And I love the word infuse because it is an ongoing it's ongoing, right? You're always going to be working on culture. I think you're always yes, going to be right. shaping culture. It's it's going to be part of your leadership rhythm for as long as you lead, I, I think. Um, I agree. And so I, I just absolutely, uh, I love that. Thanks for giving some clarity because I think sometimes when our, when we talk about values, um, it's, it's fuzzy for leaders, right? They say, where do I start? How do I get going on this? And so That's I think right. you gave us some really practical ways to get rolling on that. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, for sure. I, well, I'm so passionate about it. And here's the thing. It, it sounds, uh, you know, as leaders hear it, it does culture is hard to get our heads around anyway. And I think mm -hmm. the values piece is a great starting point because that is more concrete. We can say, no, this is, this is who we want to be. This is what it looks like. And then, you know, if I'm committed to making sure it is, it shows up in our organizational rhythms. You don't have to rebuild your systems, like whatever you already do from meetings to conversations with your team. Hopefully you have some performance reviews and, you know, systems for that. If not, I encourage you to start it, but whatever you have begin infusing your values into your organizational rhythms. And that starts to turn, like get that culture wheel turning uh, in a healthy direction. I heard somebody say, I was talking recently about the John 1, 1, where in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, skip down a dozen verses, the word became flesh and dwelt uh -huh. among that, 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 that absolute truth, you know, as inspired by God still needed somebody to live it in front of us before it became something we could become, you know, that it wasn't like Jesus came with 10 new commandments to replace the 10 old commandments. He came to show us through his life, through his example, through his culture, through his values, through what he did, what he didn't do, when he did it, you know, what truth really looks like lived out. And that's what I hear when you say this. I, I hear I hear you two talking. I'm like, this is why, you know, God sends his son, because it had to be more than information. It had to be more than a, a, a slogan on the wall. It, it had right. to be somebody living it before. It, it wasn't just students. It was disciples. It wasn't yes. just information. It wasn't five sermons he preached that changed their life. It was it was him that changed their life. Living that's those really sermons. good. So I, I, yeah, this is awesome, guys. Thank you so much, John. Are we out of time? Is that what I'm feeling? Um, I think we are. I think we've uh, actually, uh, we're right up against the, the edge of our time, Jim. Okay. All right. Well, one last time, uh, Jenny, how would we 
uh, get a hold of you. Is it Jenny at pejorative.com? Is that what I, <laughs> <laughs> I gave everybody their word? No, I don't want to be pejorative. Oh. Uh, so yes, I would love to connect with folks. Our website is getforesight.com. Get the word get the number four, the word site, S-I-G-H-T.com. And, uh, and I would say that we have a course that walks you through the values awesome. defining process. And so you can find that on the website if that's something that would be helpful, but just kind of walking you through, how do you define those values? How do you ex- extract those behaviors that help bring that clarity? And so that's just a simple resource that can help you kind of move the, the dial further. So thanks for having me just, again, you guys. To the person that just said, man, that seems like a lot of work and a lot of, you know, meetings to get it like that. You, you can do the work up front or you can do a lot of work on the back end dealing mm-hmm. with the problems because you didn't do the work up front. That's why we have That's exactly right. descriptions and value statements and vision statements. It, it, it predetermines like a budget, like a schedule, what's most important. And we put it on there first. And if you don't do that, then yeah, it, it has an 18 directions because leaders will lead. In whatever yeah. direction they feel is, is best. John, how about you? How can we get a hold of you if we wanted to continue this conversation? Uh, reach out to us at convergecoach.com and click on the contact us link. And that starts a conversation with us, Jim. That's the best way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, everybody who, who joined us today. It's been, a, I think, a really fruitful several minutes here. And staffs will enjoy it. We learned a new word. We made some new friends. <laughs> and uh, if there's anything else that we can do to help, they told you how to get a hold of us and we love you guys. We're praying for you. It's a tough season. So don't, don't for a moment believe that you're alone. You're not. We're a phone call. We're an email. We're a coffee uh, away. And uh, we, we hope that you'll take advantage of that as you continue to lead from alone.